Good evening, everyone. A quick announcement before we sing and have prayer, and that is Patrick said that from last Wednesday night's uh, back to school bash that there is some hot dogs that have been that are back in the in the fellowship hall, and uh, there aren't any buns or anything to go with them. But if you'd like to take some hot dogs home with you, it's first come first serve in the fellowship hall following the service. So the announcement has been made. Dr. White, come sing. And don't you dare leave during the service to sneak back there, okay? Well, it's a good day. God has been with us and blessed in the morning. We're looking forward to blessing this evening as the uh, Dietrichs share with what God is doing. Take your hymn books, if you will, please. Turn to number three, uh, 296, number 297, I'm sorry, 297. I love to tell the story. And will you stand with me, please, as we lift our voices in praise to God? I love to tell the story singing together. Ninety-seven, verse two.
Thank you, church, and you may be seated. Let's pray. God, you have given us a good day, and for that we, we give you praise and glory. We ask, Lord, your, your blessing and your presence upon these moments that we have together. We thank you so much for those that have heard your call to go and to spread your gospel, and, and we thank you for the sacrifices that they make. Uh, we pray, Lord, especially tonight for, for the Tedruses, that you would just be with them, and, and, and Lord, as they, you'd give them wisdom and guidance to, to the very ministry that you've placed them within. Uh, we, Lord, as we continue through the service today, may our, our hearts be challenged, may our minds be open to, to hear your voice speak to us through them, uh, that we all might become better aware of, of the mission that you have for each and every one of us. We pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. And we're not going to, uh, without any further ado, we're going to turn it right over to our missionaries from Cyprus and let them share with us uh, the exciting things that, that God is doing and probably some of the challenges that they face along the way as well. God bless you, brother. Thank you. Um, thank you. Και ελπίζουμε ο Κύριος να σας ευλογήσει. The Lord may bless you. That's, uh, and we're hoping that indeed, uh, whatever we're going to challenge you tonight, uh, maybe I will step some toes, on some toes. So, um, on all of us, I believe. Uh, when we came almost about a month ago, we have been blessed by the challenge of the annual conference by the vision of the Southern Methodist Church to go forward, to reach out to boys and girls and young people. And as you're gonna see our PowerPoint presentation later on, uh, Sherry and Stephanie are gonna come. Uh, and I hope that you're challenged to, uh, to pray, better understand what's going on in Cyprus. Uh, the past two years, uh, our country has gone through tremendous difficulties in the economics area. Um, you know, when you have some money in the bank and the European Union decides to come and take the money away from you because your country is in a mess economically. And uh, Greece was going through that too. So, but we praise the Lord that they came into an agreement with the European Union. But God has given us a great opportunity with uh, needy families. Uh, I think two years ago when we came to your church, we have asked you to pray. Uh, there was one family attending our church from this needy family, and we asked you to pray that we will reach out to them. Now we have five families coming, and so we praise the Lord for that. I'd like to challenge you tonight, I'm not going to cover all the verses, is Acts chapter 8, uh, verse 26. Um, it's a journey. I'd like to take you for a little bit. Uh, how the Lord led this man, Philip, um, a deacon in the church, a servant in the church, and the angel of the Lord spoke to Philip, saying, Arise and go toward the south unto the way that goes down from Jerusalem unto Gaza, which is desert. And he rose and went, and behold, a man of Ethiopia and, and a eunuch of great authority under Candace, queen of, uh, the, of the Ethiopians, who had the charge of all her treasure and had come to Jerusalem 
for to worship and was returning and sitting in his chariot and was reading from the book of Isaiah. I'd like to stop right there. And, you know, I don't know if you've been to a Greek Orthodox church before, but if you've never been to, I challenge you that if you go to Columbia, um, South Carolina, and some other cities in Charleston, they do have some churches. Maybe you can go in and you see all the icons, all the chandeliers, and you see the two guys who are singing, the psalmists they call them, uh, singing all this Gregorian chanting. Um, you know, when you go into the church, you feel religious, uh, what we call religiosity. And you feel overwhelmed. But then you step out of the church and you feel empty. That's what's happening to me um, before I was saved. Uh, until the Lord got my attention through the Turkish invasion. But the Ethiopian eunuch, you know, he came looking for answers. And I believe that we have the answers. We have the word of God. And as uh, we have been challenged a month ago at the annual conference, this is the inerrant word of God. It's the inspired word of God. And we have the truth. And this is what Christ reminded us in the gospel of John, that I am the way, the truth, and the life. And he says, no man cometh to me except through me, nobody goes to the Father. And a lot of people today, they say, no, no, there's other ways. Uh, you know, there's other religions, other philosophies. And that's what this Ethiopian eunuch, and you know, if you go to Deuteronomy chapter 23, you don't need to look at it tonight, but uh, if you just make a notation, in chapter 23, verse 1, um, the Ethiopian eunuch was not allowed to go into the temple. He was a eunuch. He had a, an impediment. He had a problem uh, part of his, uh, in his life. So he was not allowed. He was defiled. So there he was. He went to Jerusalem to get the feeling and the emotion of what was going on there. And I would say he left empty-handed. He was going back to Ethiopia and he was wondering, God, why did you bring me here? And God had the answer. And you know, he had to go and get Philip out of his comfort zone. And this is what I'm talking about to all of us. I'm not talking to you only, but to myself too. You know, to get us out of the comfort zone because we feel so good about the area that God is placing us and we don't want to get out of that. And when God is urging us, we are saying, no, no, God, you're making a mistake. It's not me, it's somebody else. Um, the past 28 years, God, I was asking God, for to allow and to give me the opportunity to reach out to the primary school of the American Academy. Um, you know, I'm teaching at the senior school. And uh, the principal asked me just before I left for the States, and he said, listen, um, I asked you to go to the primary school. You taught uh, the physical education lesson. Uh, the kids, they loved you there, primary school from class one to class six. And beginning this academic year, you'll be teaching in the primary school. Uh, that's not my comfort zone. I've been teaching in the high school for the past 28 years. But I was praying for an opportunity to minister to the primary school kids and to their parents. And God said, well, okay, I'm going to get you out of there and I'm going to put you here. And this is what was happening to Philip. And here he is, he's going. And, and the interesting thing, I don't know if you just uh, paid attention to what, 
what the Spirit of the Lord was doing. He says that he led him into a desert. You know, you have Bible colleges, you have Bible teaching, you have Sunday school, you have preaching. You are blessed. Huh? And God is saying to you, get out of this and I'm going to send you out into the wilderness. And let me tell you, you're out there and nobody's there to stand with you or even those few who are standing with you, they are falling into the, um, the prophet Elijah complex, the syndrome. Oh, whoa, look, look at me. I'm the only one standing. And God said, wait, wait a minute, Elijah. There is another 7,000 who did not bow the knee. So I'm not saying that we're, not, we're the only ones standing. Huh? But here was uh, the Ethiopian unit reading from the uh, Isaiah chapter 53. And it was interesting that he did not understand what he was reading. And you know, we have the truth. We know what God is uh, telling us and giving us the Bible teaching. And we ought to tell people. And you know the thing that frustrated me a lot this year? Yeah, two years ago too, but not in so much extent. But this time flying from Cyprus, from Larnaca to Vienna to Austria, and then from Austria to Chicago, and then to... Uh, uh, Greenville Spartanburg Airport you know I, I wanted to talk to people I extended my hand I looked at them and, and I want I said Lord please give me the opportunity to talk to these people and everybody was on their iPad iPhone I I I you know and I, and I thought you know what's going on you know and especially the last trip from Chicago to Greenville Spartanburg there was this young lady she was a university student, and the moment she sat next to me, she got on her iPhone, and she was texting, she was talk, talking, and I thought, you know, I didn't get an opportunity to talk to her. Anyway, finally, we were visiting Buffalo uh, two weeks ago, and then we're coming back, and I thought, okay, Lord, please open the, and there was this man a little bit older than me, maybe in their 60s, um, and I said, okay, this is the chance, and I proceed to talk to him, I extend my hand, he turned the other way, he got on his iPhone, and he, I thought, oh man, this is terrible. Okay, that's technology, I think Cyprus is in that. But here was, uh, and you're going to see one of our uh, presentation about this man, Dimitriou. He is one of the parents, his uh, son is autistic, but he, I teach him physical education. And he came to school, he was sitting down, and he was opening this blue book. And when I saw the blue book, I knew that was a, a Greek New Testament. And I walked up to him, like what uh, the Holy Spirit did to Philip. And I went to him and I said, what are you reading? He said, um, I'm reading from the Gospel of Matthew. And I said, do you understand what you're reading? He said, not really. So we opened the New Testament to the Gospel of John. I started explaining to him. And I said, let me ask you. I said, why do you, why do you read the New Testament? Uh, and the interesting thing was that uh, Bob Jones University, about uh, almost 30 years ago, gave a donation. They printed New Testaments, and we have given them over 30,000 over uh, to the Cypriots. And we were wondering who got them and what they're doing with them. And I said, why are you reading the New Testament? He said, you know, my wife loves shopping. And I don't go, I don't like to shop, so I stay in the car. And I'm bored most of the time because she's taking a long time. So, and I take the New Testament and I'm reading it. 
So out of boredom, you might say, God was speaking to him. And uh, so anyway, pray for this uh, father. His name is Dimitrio, uh, that God will speak to him. But anyway, I'd like to see something else uh, before I close and, and Sherry and Stephanie will come. In, uh, in Acts chapter 21, verse 8, and the next day we that were of Paul's company departed and came unto Caesarea, and we entered into the house of Philip the Evangelist, which was one of the seven, and abode with him. And the same men had four daughters, virgins, which did he prophesy. Interesting thing here. Now, we're talking about now 20 years afterwards. Here is this man, Philip, a deacon, an evangelist, who is reaching out. I mean, God used him to reach out to this Ethiopian eunuch because this Ethiopian eunuch, he was converted. He came to know Christ. And then he went back to Ethiopia, and God opened a wide open door for, uh, for the gospel. But I don't want to stop there. Look what it says in um, verse 16. There went with us also a certain of the disciples of Caesarea and brought with them one nation of Cyprus, an old disciple with whom we should lodge. Here is a man, because we don't hear much about him. You hear about Barnabas, the first missionary journey. You hear about Philip. But this man in Cyprus that is honored by the Greek Orthodox Church, there is only one small chapel, a small church in honor of St. Nason. But here's this man who extending his arm and fellowship and friendship and hospitality to Paul. But if you notice the verses before, something else took place that this prophet Agabus in verse 10, he comes from Jerusalem and he's telling Paul, Paul, don't you go to Jerusalem because you'll be arrested. Uh, you know, I'm not blaming them, but a lot of people, even in Cyprus and even in, here in, uh, in the States, they said, well, you know, if you have hard times in Cyprus, why don't you pack up and come back to the States? Well, that's not uh, the call that God has called us. Uh, even through tribulations, even through trials, uh, as our people are going through suffering, and we can understand about the suffering uh, that our people are going through, so God is saying, you're going to stay there, minister to the needs of the people. Uh, because in 1974, there were some missionaries in Cyprus who were there to minister to the Greek people, but because of the Turkish invasion, they packed up their stuff. They came all back to England or to the States. And they, in a way, they lost their testimony because the people said, listen, even through the difficulties, instead of staying with us, you left. So um, pray for us. Uh, pray as we return to Cyprus at the end of August. You'll see the date on it. Uh, and then by the time we get back, we're going to go back to school. Uh, and both the high school and the primary school. And yes, God is giving us a great opportunity to witness uh, in schools, in church, outside of the church, visitation. Uh, and you know, the government of Cyprus cannot kick me out. I'm a Greek Cypriot, and they cannot say to me, well, well we, oh, 
May, they might arrest him in the future, but for the time being, I don't think we're facing that. But anyway, it was good to, to be with you. Thank you for your prayers and for your support. And we invite you to come to Cyprus. We challenge especially uh, young uh, adults, especially the young men from ages 16 to 30, because when we were here a few weeks ago and I said we want some young men, Brother Dan Plunkett came forward and he said, I'm coming to help you at the camp. Well, it's going to be a little bit difficult staying in the tent with about 10 uh, young people, you know, that they like to drive you crazy talking to you. And Giri uh, or Sir, you know, and all this. Anyway, uh, just pray about it. So anyway, uh, Sherry and Stephanie now, they're going to proceed to share this slide PowerPoint presentation. Again, I want to explain about Yanagis' shoes. Did anybody notice them? Oh, I probably didn't need to say anything. He's wearing Nikes because, and they're his walking shoes because he says we're on the run all the time and he needs to wear those. But the real reason is because we've been going here and there and back and forth and he had his shoes all in one bag, but we are also at, um, in Spartanburg and we were organizing Stephanie Sings for University and I put his bag to the side and it did get into, into the car. So if you notice that he's not wearing the proper shoes, it's my fault. Okay, so um, we're very thankful to the Lord for the years that we've served. I went to Cyprus. I'd only been married for one year. And so, of course, Yanagis was born there, but we went in September of 1982. And so this is going to be the outline that I follow for tonight. Um, we're asking you to pray for Cyprus. We have three aspects of our ministry. We have church and school and camp. And then um, I'll share a little bit about the family reunion that we had. It was really nice with our children. And then we're requesting prayer for unity in Cyprus and also strength to persevere. Just a reminder of where Cyprus is. It's the third largest island in the Mediterranean Sea, and you see it circled there. It's close to Turkey, Syria, Egypt, Lebanon, Israel. And so it's in a hot spot, but thankfully we feel pretty safe there, especially the Lord is giving us protection. This is our church, the Greek Evangelical Church, Elenigi Evangelii Eglesia. And in Greek, it looks like it's three E's. And when people see the name of our church, they know that we teach the Word of God. In Cyprus, the major religion is Greek Orthodox, and so they consider our church to be heretical because we're not Greek Orthodox. But they do know that we teach the Bible, but we don't teach the traditions of men and we don't have the saints in, in our church. I mean, we don't have the dead saints. We have living saints, like you do. Um, this is the interior of our church, and we're very thankful um, to the Lord. I think two years ago we had about 20 people coming regularly, and now our average attendance is 38, so the Lord has brought the increase. And um, the man there that you see behind the pulpit is Andreas Stavru. He is um, preaching in our absence. Usually when Yanagis preaches, he preaches in Greek and English. Um, he'll preach one point in Greek, and so we have the PowerPoint at the back to give the outline in English, and then he'll give a little synopsis in English, and then he goes to the next point. So um, that's how our service is bilingual, because lots of the people who come, um, they don't know Greek, or some of them are from other European countries. Um, our Sunday school ministry has grown. We also have an adult Sunday school class 
um, that I wasn't able to get a picture of. But as you notice, the boys class only has one boy sitting there. So we are definitely um, short of young boys and young men. And so um, please pray that the Lord will provide for that. I have um, a ladies' Bible study that meets in our home twice a month, and so I'm thankful to the Lord. Some of the ladies are from church. Um, one of the ladies is my neighbor. Um, she's originally from Finland, and then others, um, colleagues from school, so I'm very thankful. There are about 12 of us that meet together, and then we go on outings together. This particular day, we were at the marina in Cyprus, which they just opened that about a year ago. Ebony and Mihalis have been in our prayer um, request for many times in our prayer update. Uh, Ebony was brought up in a Christian home, and um, when she married Mihalis, he was not saved, and so um, they started attending our church. Mihalis had a great interest in the scriptures. He was, he's a lawyer, so he was uh, studying the scriptures. He had lots of questions. He called Yanagis over, and Yanagis was able to um, talk to him, answer his questions a few months after that. He prayed to receive the Lord as his Savior, and then he was baptized. But because he was very vocal in witnessing and um, with his lawyer friends, they ridiculed him. Also, his family um, is not supportive of his decision. So he decided that it would be better if he would just stay at home and um, not go to church. And so Ebony uh, would come to church. But, of course, you know, if you stay at home and you don't have fellowship with the believers, you're going to fall away, and so that's what has happened. And so um, just pray for me, Hollies. He has great potential, and um, we just know that it's an attack from Satan. And um, Ebony is very concerned. She comes to church regularly, and just uh, a few weeks before I left, she came to my house, and we, um, she was sharing about her difficulties, and we cried together and prayed together, and... It's just a big burden on our hearts for Mihaly. So if you can remember him in your prayers, um, I'm sure the next time we give a report, we will have uh, share the blessing. The camp ministry is the second uh, ministry that I want to share today for the youth, the youth camp. Our camp is usually for ages 8 to 13. And um, as you know, the camp is very important. Yanagas was saved at camp, and I was involved in Camp SM and also... Um, Three Forks Trail, and um, so it's very close to our hearts. And Stephanie's going to share about that ministry because she started attending a camp when she was six months old because we were directing as a baby. Of course, she doesn't remember that, but this year she was a, a tent counselor. So I'm going to let her speak. Um, anyway, so I'm very thankful that the Lord provided that I was able to um, go to Cyprus in the summer and to help out at the camp. Um, so this year, our theme is Jesus Christ, the Great I Am. So in each of the meetings and each of the services that we had at camp, we talked about different aspects of um, Jesus, that he is the way, the truth, and the life, that he is the light, that he is our shepherd. And um, it was just a great blessing for all of us. Um, this is our camp schedule. 
and um, we'll kind of go through the day. Um, we'll f we'll follow the schedule. So each slide would kind of be like walking you through a day at camp. And so um, my dad has been the camp director since um, in the since the 1980s. So the camp is very dear to our hearts. So here are the camp staff. Um, over here we have our cooks, um, and this was definitely um, an answer to prayer at the beginning. Um, sometime in May, we found out that our um, normal cooks that help us at camp, they were unable to help us this year, so we were a little bit nervous about who we could find to help us because they always did a great job with the proportion of food. You know, we always had enough. Um, but the Lord led um, this family. Um, they attend our church. Um, Gabriela, and this is her father-in-law. They're from Slovakia. And um, she has a six-month-year-old son and a six-year-old daughter. So she needed a lot of help in the kitchen. And then over here we have one of the university students who came and helped as well. And um, the Lord definitely helped. We had enough food for all of them, um, and we were very thankful for um, the Lord sending them to help us. Um, here we have our counselors. We had a lot of girl counselors, which we were very, very thankful to the Lord for. Um, we only had two Christian um, male leaders. This is Nicholas and Lars. Um, these three boys here are students from American Academy. Um, they come from an Orthodox background, um, but so we didn't have um, the spiritual leadership from them, so my dad would meet with their tent to have devotions with them. And this lady with her daughter, Miss um, Olga, she works with my mom at the school, and she was helping us um, with the crafts and just making sure that all the kids were taken care of. Um, and then here we start off with our morning walk. Um, we would get up at 7, and then at 7.30 we would have our morning walk. Um, I would have to say that this was the first year we actually had some campers get up at 6. It was the girls, and they wanted to make sure that they were ready and looked presentable before they began their walk. And so um, the, by the second day, um, their counselors asked my dad if they could put, kind of like restrict them with getting up at 6 because they wanted to get their sleep. So later in the week, they were able to, um, they woke up later, so that was nice. Um, and usually the campers would be quite quiet on the walk as they would be half asleep, half awake. But um, it was always a great time. Um, we would walk a little bit, and then we would stop, and my dad would just um, share with them, you know, to enjoy the beauty of um, God's creation, to look at the trees, um, to see how long they've been there, and just um, also to share from the Psalms. Um, and then when we would come back, um, they would have um, a good appetite. And so the counselors helped served um, the meals, and like I said, the Lord provided with the food. I mean, there was enough for them to come back for seconds or thirds, and so the campers were very happy. Um, then we have four boys' tents, um, and we were thankful with um, the help that we had. 
but um, like my dad said and my mom, we do please pray that the Lord would lead um, male, Christian male leaders to come and help us because we don't have very many of them. Um, and then we had the two girls' tents, and then, um, like we said, we had a lot of girl counselors, so a lot of them helped with cleaning and with um, singing and cooking, and so we were just thankful for um, their work. We had um, this girl here, Lena from Austria. Um, she did a lot of the crafts and um, also coordinating all the games, so we were very thankful for her help. Um, then we have our camp meetings. We would have um, in the morning, we would have a camp meeting, and then in the evening as well. And so we met in this big tent, which was nice because before we used to just be out in the sun. And although sometimes you usually associate putting sun cream when you go to the beach, you would have to put sun cream because we were on the mountains and you're closer to the sun. So some people didn't, and so we did get sunburnt. But um, we were thankful to have that tent because it kept it quite cool. Um, and then um, my dad did most of the messages, and he encouraged the campers to take notes because at the end of the week, they would have kind of like a oral quiz game um, where they would be asked about the different messages, what they learned, and even the songs that they were learning as well. And um, we, it was most, most of the services were in English. We only had um, two campers here who really didn't know English very well, so our counselor, Irini, translated for them so that they would understand. Um, then we had our guest speakers, um, Mr. Hercules. He also pastors in one of our um, sister churches, and also he is a teacher. Um, and then his daughter is Irini, who did the translation for us, so she was a counselor. And then we have um, Delis and Olga. And Delis is um, initially from Greece, and he felt comfortable speaking in Greek. So his wife did the translation for him. And then we had each of the campers divided up into four teams. We had the bears, the lions, the eagles, and the foxes. And so throughout the week, the campers were getting together um, with um, competing in different uh, sports, different games, and the main emphasis was on the meetings um, with the quizzes at the end. And also, um, we, they had four Bible verses that they had to learn, and um, what a blessing was um, that one of the um, American Academy students got his whole um, tent. I mean, he was unsaved, and he got his whole tent to memorize the verses, and he also memorized them too. So here they are, Periglis, Nicolas, and Frixos. So they're from American Academy. Um, this will be their um, final year, um, and they were helping us out with the sports, and we were very thankful to have them, and they were very open to the gospel, and they really enjoyed the services. Um, so they helped with the sports. We had volleyball, table tennis, and um, soccer, which was the camper's favorite, especially because we had a lot of boys. So during free time, you just give them a ball, they would be content to just kick it around. We also did bowling, and we had archery, and then although that is American football, they used it for rugby. 
Um, we also had other games to keep the campers occupied. Um, we had one where they had to find uh, a lot of hats. Um, and then uh, I think maybe one of our favorites is the counselors and the um, camp staff was our last game where they were supposed to collect, see which team could collect the most trash. That way we would leave the campsite um, clean. And it seems like the kids enjoyed it. Um, and then we had some other games. Uh, this is one of my favorite pictures because in one of the games they had to guess what each of the containers held. And so it was funny to see the reactions of their faces. And then here we have a net um, where a lot of the kids would just um, hang out and fellowship. And also they would learn their Bible verses there too. And it was a great time to just um, speak with them and, and to encourage them. Um, and then we had our crafts, and we were thankful for all those who helped all the counselors in getting all the materials and the ideas, and the kids enjoyed it. Um, we also have a canteen where the kids enjoyed buying snacks, and um, it was interesting because um, one of the nights, one of the counselors came and said, do you have medicine? One of my campers doesn't feel very well. And so we kind of felt bad. We didn't understand, you know, what was wrong. Maybe it was too cold for him. Well, we found out that that day he had 10 lollipops. So the kids enjoyed the canteen time. And then here we have the Christian bookstore. Um, they're the only one on the island. And most of these campers probably wouldn't um, have ease of access to go to them because it would be an hour drive to go and to visit the camp store the Christian bookstore, so we were thankful that they were able to set up at camp, and so these kids were able to get Bibles, um, there was other missionary stories, bookmarks, um, mugs um, that they could send back with their family as well, and it was both in Greek and English, and so we were very thankful that the Christian bookstore was able to come. Um, and then at nighttime, um, we had one of our counselors who took most of these pictures, and we have to thank him for having these pictures for camp. And he got the pictures of the stars. Um, because we are on the highest mountain of Cyprus, we have the clearest view of the night sky and the stars. Oftentimes I would forget to look up because it's called Rocky Point for a reason because there are lots of rocks. So I would look down so I wouldn't trip. But it would be beautiful just to look up and remember um, of our great, God and his creativity. Um, because it was also cold, we served the campers hot chocolate, and um, they would need their flashlights to get around the camp. Um, we're praising the Lord for the six reassurances that we had at camp. Um, a lot of them come from homes that are unsaved, so just keep them in your prayers um, that they would continue to walk uh, with the Lord, we have Ruby and Alyssa. They are sisters. Um, and then Ariane and Alan are sister and brother. And they just have a very difficult um, family situation. Their mom left and returned to the Philippines. And so they're with their dad, and their dad has a girlfriend. And so it's just very difficult uh, for them, especially Ariane will be starting uh, grade 7, and that's a whole new adjustment as well. Um, and so if you could just keep them in your prayers that they would continue to walk in the Lord um, 
and Sasha and Penelope are from Russia and just pray that they would be a good witness to their family. And we are thankful that most of them attend Bogos School so they would hear um, the gospel being preached daily. And um, now I will return um, the PowerPoint back to my mom to talk about the school. So the third aspect of our ministry is the school. And um, here is where Yanagas teaches. It's called the American Academy. And then I teach at Logo School. And um, Logo School was started by a Bob Jones graduate. And it's the only Christian school on the island. And the American Academy originally was started by Presbyterian missionaries in Larnaca. But um, the missionaries left. And so now it's not run as a Christian school. But they still require religious education, which most of the schools in Cyprus have dropped that out of their curriculum. So um, Leonidas is able to teach. Of course, he has to teach um, the other religions as well, but usually he starts with Christianity, and Christianity takes such a long time that he only has a very short amount of time for the other two, or I mean the other uh, religions. Um, here is the blue book that Leonidas was talking about, Iganidi Athiki, which is the New Testament, and inside You'll find um, it's photocopied there, the part that you can read Bob Jones University. It says that um, Bob Jones University uh, paid for the printing of these books. And so it was just really interesting to see. Um, it's the first time really that we've, we know all these New Testaments have given out, been given out to the church. We all use them in the church. But to see someone in a different uh, uh, locality using it, it was just a blessing. And these are some of the students that Yanagas um, teaches. Um, Nicholas and Rafaela are our niece and nephew. Their father, Yanagas's brother, older brother, was killed in a work-related accident eight years ago. And so they will be his students. Nicholas will be entering seventh grade, and Rafaela is in eighth grade. And so um, their mother is also in the picture there you see with the Christmas picture, Costandia. Uh, and so we um, wish that you would still remember them in your prayers, that they would um, come to know the Lord as their Savior. We're very thankful that they're open to the gospel. This is the class where I teach at uh, grade three at Logos School, and I'm very thankful for the freedom I have as a Christian school, and um, I'm able to teach from the Bible. There are no um, restrictions on what uh, I can say uh, about God and, and um, in teaching. This was my class this past year. I had 22 students. It was one of my most unusual classes because I had 20 girls and only two boys. And one of the boys left to go back to Egypt, so there was only one, and he's really concerned. I'm hoping that in fourth grade some uh, boys have joined, so he won't be the only one. And um, it's been a blessing to teach. Um, I had 22 students, but they came from 14 different countries, and I'll just try and point them out. This is Cyprus in the middle, and so my students are from the countries where you see the dots. I had one student from Canada, one from Ireland, two from Latvia, two from Russia, one from Belarus, one from Ukraine, one from Greece, two from Egypt, one from Cameroon, one from Lebanon, two from India, one from Sri Lanka, and two from the Philippines. And so this is one of the blessings that the Lord has given to me. I really appreciate him being able to use me in this way because I would never be able to travel to all of these countries. But yet I have students in my classroom that come from there. And every year is a little different mix. Um, 
One year I had a student that came from Brazil, and, um, and, and I've had students from Australia, and sometimes I don't have any students from the Philippines. But it's always a different group, and it's like having a little world in my classroom, and the Lord gives me opportunities to, during the Bible lesson that I have, and also we have prayer time uh, once a week, in the Bible lesson once a week, but every day we have um, assembly. But um, this past year, I prayed with 13 of my students to receive Christ as their Savior, and I just thank the Lord for giving me that opportunity. Um, every morning, we have an assembly with our students. There's one for the high school students and one for our students. We have about 120 in the primary school. And this past year, uh, this summer, we've had a reunion. Um, with, here I am with my parents here, and then my brother Frank and his wife Jennifer, and then this is our family when we had a, a week in uh, Williamsburg, Virginia. And um, I would appreciate your prayers for my brother. He's working several part-time jobs. He's been laid off, and he's been unemployed uh, once for 18 months. And tomorrow he has an interview uh, for a full-time job. So if you can uh, remember Frank in prayer, he would really appreciate that. And um, these are the pictures that we were that we took when we were together in Williamsburg. This is Daniel and his wife, Michelle, and our granddaughter, Emma. She's three and a half. And Daniel and Michelle are teachers in Virginia. Daniel's a high school math teacher, and Michelle teaches grade three. So pray that the Lord will open opportunities for them to witness to their students and to the parents. Um, Timothy and Cynthia and Calvin live in Buffalo, and um, it was wonderful for Yanagas to see Calvin for the first time uh, just a couple weeks ago, and then we spent the first week of August with them. Timothy is he, beginning his sixth year at UB, and he's working on his PhD, so this should be the year that he um, finishes, so appreciate your prayers. Also, the Lord is opening a door of ministry for them because their church has a Christian school, and they're bringing in international students. And for the past three years, Timothy and Cynthia have housed students from China. And um, one of the boys, Carl, was saved last year. And so at the end of this month, they should get two other boys um, from China. So just pray that Lord will use that ministry for them. Joshua is the chief engineer at the Christian radio station Conservative Talk in Greenville. And um, we recently found out that he's in a serious relationship with Kelly. She is one of the, um, his friends that he met at Bob Jones. She is living in Wisconsin. Um, so just pray for God's will in their lives. And then here's Stephanie. Um, at, she will be returning as a junior at Bob Jones University. These uh, were her roommates last year. And she's found out she'll have um, two new roommates um, this coming year. We would... Um, request that you would pray for unity as the Lord has blessed our ministry it's been a great encouragement but we've also have had um, discouragement from Satan uh, opposition in different ways and so just um, pray for unity as the scripture says how good and pleasant it is when God's people um, dwell in unity and so we really need this and I'm sure you experience that too when everybody is united um, the Lord can bless and use us, and when Satan tries to bring opposition, uh, we feel that. And so it's very important to pray for unity. And also that the Lord will give us strength to persevere. We are leaving on the 29th, so we take Stephanie back to school on the 28th. 
We have to be at the airport at 4 a.m. on the 29th, and we will not arrive until in Cyprus until the next day, the 30th, um, at about 4 o'clock in the afternoon. So it's a very long journey going back. Um, unfortunately, we have like a six-hour layover in D.C., which I would have preferred to have those six hours with Stephanie, but it didn't work out like that. But when we go back, we'll be going back to the church and the school, and um, we'll be preparing for camp. We definitely need to have uh, workers, uh, especially young men, to help. And um, so just pray that Lord will provide all our needs. So we, again, we thank you for this opportunity to share with you. And we hope that um, you've been encouraged to see how the Lord is blessed because of your faithfulness and giving and praying. And that you will continue to pray with uh, wisdom, especially for Mihalis. And, um, and we just look forward to the next time when we're able to come and, and to share with you. So thank you again for this opportunity. Oh, and I was going to put this. In case anyone didn't get um, the prayer request, I'll leave that up for a little bit um, so you can pray. Remember to pray for these things. Thank <laughs> you. 